Hello and welcome to episode one of the Chris Adams TV podcast. And I would like to say to you, as an early adopter, I'm impressed with you. Episode one is a good place to begin. But before we begin, we should do some introductions. You know how podcasts work, though. You can't introduce yourself to me. I can only introduce myself to you. So I am Chris Adams, which you might have guessed actually from the name of this podcast. Or maybe you've seen some of my YouTube videos because I've got a YouTube channel. You might be asking, though, why are you starting a podcast? Well, the thing with YouTube videos is I need to try and make them very short and concise because those animals on YouTube have such a short attention span that you need to try and grip them early and then say what you need to say and release them out into the wild. Same rules as butterflies. So, one of the things that you'll learn about me as we get through these episodes together is that I'm a storyteller by nature. I'm not a scientist. I trust scientists about as far as I can throw them. So I'm not that bothered about the truth. I'm more bothered about the story and enjoying myself. Here are three life values that I live my life by. One, I want to be happy. Two, I want to have fun. And three, I wish all other life well. So whatever I'm doing in life, I filter it through these three life values in that order. So generally, I'm just having a good time and I'm not too bothered about the truth. But sometimes I like to find out the truth because I'm pretty curious also. So that's what we're going to do on this podcast. I am going to think about things, but also try and find out the real answer and mold the two into what I call a podcast. But that name is already taken, so I'm just going to have to call it something else. In case you have been living under a rock, you'll know that aliens are a big topic at the moment, or UFOs, although they don't call them UFOs anymore. Funny story, right? So the American government said UFOs are real. We need to start taking them seriously. But everyone makes fun of UFOs and people seeing UFOs, so we need to give it a better name. So instead of unidentified flying object, we're going to call it unidentified aerial phenomenon. And they go, yeah, 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 UAP. So a UFO and a UAP is the same thing. <laughs> so we're stuck in a time loop, not a time loop as such, just more like us as humans forget things very quickly. And it takes us forever to try and be convinced that something is real. So this whole UFO thing has been going on for a while. So we have things dating back to as early as like 74 BC. And obviously back then, what were humans even like? Who knows? But anyway, we have this report of two armies fighting each other. And then, and then all of a sudden the sky burst asunder. I'm not sure they had big words like that back then. But anyway, a huge 
flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies, and it was molten silver, which sounds a lot UFO-likey, but then they said it was wine jar shaped, and I'm like, I don't know if it's a wine jar shape, but we'll get into the shapes in a second, right? So that's 74 BC. Who knows what we can believe from back then? But you know, there's cave paintings of things that look like aliens and spaceships, and there's things going back a long time ago. But let's fast forward a bit to the modern era. So we can all agree that World War One and Two, even though we weren't alive back then in the 1940s or whenever the World Wars happened, those times are considered modern times. So that's where we're going to start, right? One of the interesting things about these UFOs or UAPs is that they always seem to show up when it's some sort of military catastrophe type environment. So nuclear weapons or World War II fighter bomber dudes. It's an interesting thing. And some people, not me, some other people have speculated that the alien dudes who are some super advanced alien race are telling us, hey, you stupid human monkeys, you guys are playing in the sand with nuclear weapons, things you don't understand, the consequences and the power that you hold, and you're going to blow up the planet, you morons. So they seem to be hanging around these, these military places and turning nuclear weapons off and stuff like that. Or maybe... They just whimsical and they're having fun. That's not a that's not a concern for me. I don't know if they have personalities or anything like that. These alien dudes. But anyway, let's go to the 1940s. So World War Two was going on, and then small metallic spheres and colorful balls of light were repeatedly spotted and occasionally photographed worldwide by the crews in World War II doing these flying missions. So that's in the 1940s, and the shapes are colorful balls. This comes up a lot in these sightings. Metallic, because they use some sort of metal, I guess. Anyway, 1947, Kenneth Arnold. He's a name that people in the UFO business will know. He's quite a famous one. So um, this UFO sighting by him, um, coined the name flying saucers. So presumably they are the classic saucer type shape that we see in most of the movies. But um, one of the things about these UFOs is that the shape doesn't seem to matter. They do tend to be very whimsical shapes that don't seem like any uh, flying craft that as humans would make. There could be triangles or spheres or squares with a triangle in it or a cigar shape or the flying saucer shape or these flaming balls. Or There's loads and loads of different shapes, which is a bit curious. Then, then we got into the exciting stuff. So, you know, the Roswell incident, everybody has heard about the Roswell incident. So, there was a flying saucer that apparently crashed, and then there were little alien dudes that were presumably dead outside the flying saucer. And then all of that was scooped up by the American government, and then they said, we've captured a flying saucer, and then later said, actually, no, 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 it wasn't a flying saucer, it was, um, it was a weather balloon 
<laughs> which, I mean, it was a cover-up. We're not sure what the U.S. government has locked away in Area 51, be it a UFO or something else, but they lied about what they actually have, and we don't know what they actually have. And here's the thing, right? So a lot of these um, alien stories can be made up by people. That's what people do. We enjoy making things up. So, you know, some dude will be like, Oh, why am I late for work? <laughs> well, you see a, a UFO landed on the highway and then it, it, it blocked my path. And that's also actually why I smell like beer because the, 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 the alien dude spilled beer all over me. And then we can go, okay, dude, you clearly like. But then some other times it's like an actual uh, group of people that see something. Like, for instance, in 1954, a football game was going on between two teams, who knows who, probably Manchester City versus Arsenal, and then a group of UFOs traveling at super high speeds abruptly stopped over the stadium. That's uh, one of the other things that we do notice. These UFOs seem to have speeds that us as humans can't create in our planes at the moment. So the UFOs stop over the stadium, and all of the 10,000 people that were there in attendance saw this. So they said it was a cigar-shaped object. Now, uh, 10,000 people saw it. That seems like a credible thing. Anyway, let's fast forward a bit to 1956, because as you can tell from my accent, I am South African. So usually when something happens in South Africa, you try to be proud of your country or whatever. But uh, <laughs> OK, so a well-known photo series, which apparently depicted a UFO was taken on the 24th of July 1956 near the Drakensberg Mountains region. So those are the mountains in South Africa. This photographer, Elizabeth Clara, now here's the problem, right? She claimed that she went on adventures with this alien race. And you're going, oh, right? And then she says she also had an alien lover called Akon. And you're like... Oh, jeez, lady. And then apparently that dude fathered her son. So you're like, oh, I mean, those clearly are one of the ones where crazy people have made up a story, right? So disregard that. But there's loads of these. So let's fast forward a bit. So there's the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Now, the reason I want to talk about this one in 1961 is this is what they call a close encounter of the third kind, which apparently means when you meet the actual alien dudes. Now, everybody seems to say they look exactly like our movie's version of an alien, which is pretty convenient. But anyway, tiny little bodies about the size of a child, but have massive heads with those massive almond-shaped black eyes. So the normal alien-looking person, that's what everyone says these aliens look like. Apparently, this uh, Betsy and Barney Hill were abducted. Who knows, right? And then we get 1975, Travis Walton, another name that you might know. So Travis Walton, he was a, a logger. I think that's a real job in America somewhere. Him and his friends were in a pickup truck, as you would be in America. And they um driving through this forest area. And then they see this uh, UFO looking thing, like a classic um, disc shaped UFO, the one that everyone thinks about, right? And then Travis Walton being some sort of uh, cowboy. That's actually disputed. I'm not sure he was a cowboy. But he jumps out of the thing and he starts racing towards it. Maybe 
in his mind, he was thinking this thing's going to take off, you know, and he'll be like, oh, I saw this thing take off, but it didn't. It just stayed there. So then he gets pretty close to it, and then he goes, oh, geez, this thing's not taking off, and now I'm pretty close to it. Things are not looking good for me. He's now thinking he needs to turn back and go back to the truck, and all his friends are like, hey, dude, come back to the truck. And apparently he's shot by some sort of light beam or something, and his friends, they head on out of there because they're like, we don't want to be shot by a light beam. And then this Travis Walton dude was found a couple days later and he has a story about meeting these alien dudes and being on the ship and going to some sort of hangar that had other ships or things of that nature who knows who knows what we can believe right but then we get on to modern day modern day being in the 2000s 2004 is one of the most notorious alien stories because of the evidence. So you might have heard of Colonel or Commander or one of those dudes from the Air Force or Navy, right? So you know the movie Top Gun with with Tom Cruise? Apparently this David Fravor dude was a commander in Top Gun, so... Apparently Top Gun's a real thing. Anyway, that's besides the point. So he's this uh, commander pilot of a of a plane, right? And he's got his friend in the back who, I don't know, presumably takes photos or plays Sudoku. I'm, I'm not sure what happens in planes. Anyway, so there's, there's two of these guys and then there's another plane, so two more. So they heard that their um, airship carrier thing, it's like, hey, we've been getting these blips on the radar for the last couple of weeks. We're not sure what they are. Can you go have a look at it? So then David Fravor and his friend and the other pilot plane thing fly out to where this thing is. And then what David Fravor says is there was a tic-tac-shaped object about the size of one of their planes, so about 40 feet or something long. And then just underneath the water, there was something that looked like if you had rocks underwater or if a plane had just... Uh, you know, landed in in the water and was sinking down. You know how the water would swell up and you'd get the whitewash and stuff. You'd be able to see there's something just underneath the water. So he says he saw that and it was about the size of a 747 just underneath the water. And the little Tic Tac dude was close to it doing sort of a up, down, left, right, weird motion. This, This weird motion is actually mentioned a lot in all of the reported sightings where they can do very strange flight parts and go very quickly or stop very quickly stuff that we can't do in our planes so he's seeing this little tic-tac dude with the something submerged underneath it and then the submerged thing presumably goes further underwater and then he can't see any of the whitewash anymore but he can still see the tic-tac so he says i'm gonna go down and investigate so there's two planes the one of them stays up above And then David Fravor, in his plane, starts doing a spiral down towards the Tic Tac thing. And I don't really know military jargon and whatnot, but his explanation of it was that this thing had military superiority. So in other words, if it wanted to attack him, it probably would have won. It seemed to have a better strategy or a better command of the airspace or something along those lines. So he's spiraling down and then the tic-tac thing starts spiraling up in the other direction, sort of matching his movements. 
And then before things can get too awkward with their meeting in the middle, the Tic Tac zooms off and it's gone. And the plane up above, which was watching all this go on, also saw the little Tic Tac Tude zoom off in speeds that we can't really do yet. So these two planes go back and they're like, this is weird. And then their other friend who was in another plane who had some sort of radar capabilities was like, I'm going to go check that out. And then he flew off and actually got some radar and like uh, zoomed in video of things that could be the same TikTok. So we've got those video footage. We've got the um, radar footage that they were seeing on the aircraft carrier. And then we've got David Fravor who saw it in real life. So this, this one is one of those ones that goes, well, I mean all of these people together and all of the technology together to fake all of that is a lot of effort and it doesn't seem worth it. So presumably this is real. And it's at this point where the US government goes, wait, 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 wait. aliens are real. And then the military's like, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We've been seeing these things. We don't really know what they are. They could be some sort of other you know, force from China or Russia or something, but we have no idea what they are and we don't think it is that. So then the government's like, okay, hold on, give us all your evidence. We're going to do a thorough investigation. And I mean, the ridiculous thing is this has been going on for a long time, like I say. And they even did have an investigation a while back into all the other evidence. And then they were like, nope, no aliens. But technically, they're probably like, oh, we have no idea what's going on. Here's the thing, right? Aliens, obviously, live underwater. You know that 70% of the Earth's surface is covered with water, right? So we only live on 30% of the Earth's surface. And also, that 30% is pretty big to humans. Humans think that we are cool with our 7 billion people or whatever. But, I mean, there's, there's a lot of land still where there's no human standing on. So the earth is very big. And then the sea is basically unknown to us. We have a couple of ships going up here and there. But basically, 70% of the earth we don't know about. And that's only the surface. The sea, as you might know, I mean, I'm explaining to this, but you might know this already. Water, you can go underneath water. So even though 70% is a very large number, it's even larger because you can still go underneath that. So obviously, these aliens live underwater. And we might have had some sort of evidence with that, like I say, with... Um, David Fravor seeing that thing just underneath the water. It seems like the Tic Tac dude was communicating with some sort of mothership which goes underwater. Or maybe it's a transport thing that takes them to the giant underwater um, you know, civilization that they might have that we don't know about yet. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure. But one thing we do know is they obviously have superior travel capabilities or mechanisms. So our jet plane things, how it works is we shoot something out the back and then that propels the plane forward. And then obviously you see all that plume behind the, the jet, which you can see in infrared and all that. All of these alien dudes don't seem to have any of that at all. So that means they don't use jet propulsion to go. And that makes sense because the way that everyone says they move, jet propulsion can't do that. The insanely high speeds and the insanely high stopping rates and all those things aren't jet propulsion. So 
presumably they use some sort of gravity propulsion. But gravity propulsion is just words that I've put together, which I don't really know what it means. You can understand the concept. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 the gravity makes it go. Yeah, but what that means, who knows? We're just taking guesses at this point, right? Okay, let's take a hot second to just stop right here because we could go further down the rabbit hole, but it might get us nowhere. Let's try and evaluate where we are and where we can go from here. When it comes to the US government and their investigation, who knows what's going to happen with that? Presumably, they're going to come out with some answer that they can't tell the public because it's classified. So, you know, they're probably going to go back into the loop from the 1940s. Let's ignore them for now. Us as humans, I think, can be adults about this and say they exist. Aliens exist. UFOs exist. Now what? What are the questions we could ask now that we know that they exist? Like, for instance, can we maybe start tracking them? Because we have all of these satellites going on and we have NORAD, which apparently tracks the entire United States or probably more by now. There's loads of things that track stuff on Earth. If we were to say aliens exist, we could probably say, OK, let's start tracking them and get an idea of what they're doing. But what exactly are they? Because they could be some super advanced alien race from a distant galaxy who have come over here to investigate us. Who knows? Uh, they could be some super advanced alien race that's always been here and humans have grown up and aliens have been watching us the whole time. Who knows? Or they could be some sort of humans from the past who decided to move underwater and then maybe an asteroid hit killed all the surface things and this underwater race has become super advanced who knows i think the main thing we need to just take forward from here is that they exist because they do exist there's loads of evidence that something exists we just don't know what it is yet can we move forward from that this has been a this has been an eye-opening experience for me, I'll be honest, doing my first podcast, which is coming to a close now. I say that because it's pretty difficult not being able to do multiple takes, which is something that I do for all my videos. It's a, it's a luxury that I've gotten into when I make a mistake, I can just start it again. However, with a podcast, you have to see all the mistakes because you can't say, oh yeah, I'm 27 minutes in at the moment but I said the wrong word, so I need to start the whole thing again. That's just, it's just not possible to do that. You'd be here all day recording podcasts. That's ridiculous. So coming up on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about different things that tickle my interest. So the format of the show may develop over time. That's natural. So one of the things that I should probably get to is me and my many destinies. I believe I have several destinies that I need to get to in my lifetime and I should probably document them for humor and entertainment and when I'm getting my Nobel Prize it's good to have a document of things and also I'm making a movie let's not get into that <laughs> this has been a rough start but it's better than nothing good to see you